Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today is Q&A Tuesday and I couldn't not sort of theme it travel and on-the-go naps and naps at other places because I'm getting so many questions about that. And I think it's, one, the time of year, you know, the weather's getting nicer, people are getting out, and we're getting out of just hibernating in our homes for the whole winter. And also, we're getting to a stage where we are able to see more people and able to go more places and feeling more comfortable with that. And because of it, I'm getting so many questions about both destination travel and just short trips. Like, what do I do when I have a play date planned with a friend and it runs into nap time? So I wanted to sort of pull together some questions from the last week and devote this episode to talking about how we manage that. How do we have a life and keep sleep on track? We can do it. It is possible. So let's start off with this one. This is sort of one of those unavoidable situations. My 10-month-old has a doctor's appointment in the middle of his second nap. What can I do? I can't reschedule it. No, you can't, right? Like we can't expect our healthcare provider to change their schedule for our child's nap because then they would have to change it for every child's nap and it's just not possible. Sometimes on-the-go naps are unavoidable. Sometimes messing with your child's schedule is unavoidable. Sometimes it's avoidable and you just don't want to avoid it because you want to do a specific thing that you could skip, like a fun event, a meetup with a friend, a play date, a coffee stroll with a friend, but you don't want to avoid it because you want to have a life and you can and that's okay. So in this specific situation with this question, my 10-month-old has a doctor's appointment in the middle of the second nap. What can I do? I would suggest that there's a couple of options. So first of all, it depends on the child. One thing that this parent could consider doing if they think like, there's just no way you're going to make it to this appointment without being so overtired and so cranky because you're always just so ready for your second nap of the day, you could leave early for your appointment and drive around and let your child have that nap on the go get to your appointment right at kind of the last minute and wake your child up from their car nap. And that was their second nap of the day. Probably ended a little bit earlier than normal because this mom mentioned that this appointment was in the middle of the nap, but at least you got a nap in and your child wasn't super overtired and cranky the rest of the day. And they may just need a slightly earlier bedtime than usual that night because their nap ended a little bit early, but that's one option. You could just leave a little bit early for your appointment, drive around, let that nap be a car nap, not the end of the world, we'll get back on track, might just need an early bedtime. The other thing is if you have a child who's a little more resilient to being up for a little longer sometimes and not getting super overtired and cranky, you could consider just pushing that nap. So even though the appointment is scheduled right in the middle of when the nap should be happening, you could just keep your child awake, try to keep them awake on the way to the appointment, have the appointment, and then do the nap when you get home from the appointment. Or what's maybe more likely to happen is go to the appointment and your child is so tired by the end of it that they fall asleep in the car on the way home from the appointment. And then if you can, you drive around and let them have a decent car nap and then do bedtime an age-appropriate amount of awake time after they wake up from that nap. So you have a couple of options, but it's not going to be the end of the world. It's one day, it's one nap, it's one afternoon, and you're likely to get a car nap in there or get a late crib nap at home and then get right back on track. 
The next question was similar in terms of an event or an appointment messing with a child's schedule. This one is a little more avoidable, but again, one that mom doesn't want to avoid. It's about swim lessons. And so many of us want to do swim lessons with our babies. We have done swim lessons with our little girl, Myla, since she was, I think, like four months old. Is that even possible? I don't know, but she was really young and we loved it and we still love it. She's almost 10 years old and we still do swim lessons and love it. We don't want to avoid that stuff. We don't want to skip that stuff just for a nap, but we also want to respect our child's sleep needs. So this question said, I want to do swim lessons with my six month old, but I'm so afraid of messing with her naps. Tips for scheduling. So this is a six month old. That means we're having three naps in the day. My number one rule whenever you can manage it is to try to have the first nap of the day at home in the crib. And if you're going to have an on the go nap or a nap get kind of messed up by an appointment or an event, make it one of the later naps in the day. So for a six month old, I would love to see them have their first nap of the day at home in the crib and either the second or even better, the third be the one that gets a little bit messed up. Why the third? It's usually the shortest one anyway. It's usually the hardest one for babies to go down for. So why not make it easier that day and just do it in the car on the way home from a 3.30, 4 o'clock swim lesson. So try to make the event that you're scheduling later in the day so that if a nap gets disrupted or missed or has to turn into a car nap, it's one of the later naps that's harder and shorter anyway, rather than the first nap of the day, which is usually the strongest, the longest, and really sets the tone for the rest of the day. The next question is about something that's mm, avoidable, unavoidable, you know, we all have, we'll have a different opinion about this, but it's about dinner at grandma's house. So I just sleep trained our baby. And now I'm wondering how to deal with Sunday night dinners at grandma's. It usually runs a bit past his bedtime, do the bedtime routine at her house, and then put him straight to bed. When we get home, wait until we get home to do the bedtime routine. I would generally suggest that if you have a situation like this, where you're at a dinner that is not going to run so late that it makes sense to put your baby down for the night at that person's house, but is going to run late enough that it's well past your child's normal bedtime, you do a little routine at your host's house, and then you just put your child to bed when you get home. And that's because there's a pretty good chance your child's actually going to fall asleep in the car on the way home from the event, depending on how far grandma lives from you. So if that's going to happen, we don't want to get them all woken up and riled up and confused when they get home from that little car nap by doing a whole bedtime routine. It would be lovely if we could just put them straight to bed when they get home, but it's better to have already done a little routine so their body clock understands we've already gone down for the night. So while you're at grandma's and everyone else is sort of wrapping up and getting ready to leave, you could just sort of steal away and do a little bedtime routine. Go to the bathroom, do a little wipe down with a cloth to simulate a bath, do your baby's feed, put them in their pajamas, read them a little story. And then when you're ready, tuck them into their car seat safely and drive home. That way, when you get home, if your baby's still awake, great. You can give them a kiss and a hug and put them into their crib. If your baby has fallen asleep on the car ride on the way home, you can transfer them to the crib. They might not even wake up. Or if they do wake up a little bit, you just sort of treat it like a nighttime wake up and give them a little cuddle and into the crib. Then you don't need to do their routine over again and fully wake them up and rile them up and stimulate them. You've already done the routine their body clock already understands that they're in the midst of their nighttime sleep. So I would do a little routine at grandma's, get yourself home, get your baby to bed. 
Next question. Please help me with vacation sleep. Two-year-old is fighting nap time and bedtime. So this is a bigger vacation, right? This isn't a dinner at grandma's. This isn't a doctor's appointment or a swim class. This is, we are going away for a week or two and my child is fighting their sleep on this vacation. Actually, the way this question was worded, I'm pretty sure this mom is already on vacation and struggling with her two-year-old, which is so frustrating because you've gone to have this relaxing trip and sleep can be so stressful when it's not happening or when your toddler is fighting it. So it's tough, right? We're in a different situation. We're in a different environment. Your child, two years old, really recognizes this. Often infants will sleep better when they're in destination locations because they don't really recognize the difference as much as long as they have a nice, dark, quiet space, just like they do at home. But for toddlers, they are much more aware of the fact that they're in a very different space than at home. So the best thing you can do is be consistent. Consistent about what their sleep environment looks like to the greatest degree possible. Consistent about how you manage the protest because inevitably this two-year-old protests sometimes at home too. So how do you manage that? And then manage it in the exact same way at your destination, on your vacation. So in terms of sleep environment, while I know it can be tough to set that up, try to keep your two-year-old's sleep environment at your destination as similar as possible to what they have at home. If your child still sleeps in a crib at home, make sure you have a pack and play or even better, a full-size crib at your destination. I know that might sound crazy. How are you going to get a full-sized crib there? But many hotels offer them. And even more than that, many cities have companies that rent baby and toddler equipment from high chairs to exercisers to full-sized cribs that you can have delivered to your Airbnb or your hotel. We have done this many times with Myla because she was in a crib until she was three and a half. And so when we would go to North Carolina on our annual family vacation for two weeks every year. I didn't want her to have to sleep in a pack and play for two whole weeks. So we did a full-size crib rental. It was worth the investment. So try to have something like that set up. Make sure your room is nice and dark so your child isn't very stimulated by all the different sights around them when they're trying to nap or go to sleep at night. Make sure you have some portable blackout blinds and something like a slumber pod if your child's in a playpen can be a good option for making sure the space is nice and dark. But we want to make sure that it's an environment that's actually conducive to your child going to sleep in. So that's the case in terms of consistency of the environment. I know it's not super simple in all situations. It totally depends on what your room setup is like at your Airbnb or how big your hotel room is, but try to work on those kinds of things. And then in terms of how you manage your child's protest, it's so important to just be incredibly consistent. So whatever you would do at home, if your child was protesting their nap time or their bedtime, you really want to try to replicate that behavior at your destination, on your vacation, because it's so important that your toddler understands, even though we're somewhere different, the way we manage sleep is the same. Again, I'm a mom. I know that this stuff is easier said than done, but if you have in your mind that this is what you're going to put into practice at every sleep time, then your child becomes much more familiar with the idea that protest is not going to result in a different outcome than it does at home. And then you're probably going to see some easier times with those vacation sleeps. Last question for today, also about travel, going on a trip to LA, three hour time change. How do I prepare my four month old? I emphasize the word prepare because what I'm about to say is you're not going to prepare. 
right? There's not really a way to prepare your four-month-old in advance other than actually changing their whole schedule at home weeks in advance of going to Los Angeles. And I don't recommend doing that because if you spend weeks in advance of going to Los Angeles trying to fix the schedule, then you might get things on track by the time you're there, but you've spent weeks in advance being on a very odd schedule at home and probably missing out on things at home or just feeling a bit confused about your daytime schedule at home for weeks. You get to LA, maybe you've gotten things on track by that point, but then you have to do it all over again when you get home anyway. So that's a lot of weeks spent trying to prepare a fairly young baby for a time change. My recommendation for getting your baby on track with a time zone change is pretty much the same as it would be for an adult. It's what we do when we go to a new time zone. And what is that? We just jump in when we get there. If we arrive at a destination and it would normally be our bedtime at home, but at our destination, it's three hours earlier than that, we're not going to go to bed three hours early, most of us, per the time on the clock. We're going to stick it out. We are going to get to what is more of our normal bedtime per the time on the clock at our destination before we go to bed, because we know this is what's going to get our body clocks on track. If we go to bed three hours earlier than normal per the time on the clock, we know we're going to be up at three, four o'clock in the morning wide awake because that's three hours before we normally be up for the day. So we're just going to jump in. For your baby, what you might want to do, especially with a four month old, is when you arrive, even if it's normally their bedtime, but it's quite early for that per the time on the clock at your destination, put them down for a little nap, but it's a nap. Don't let them sleep too long. Get them a nap so they can get through to what is a more appropriate bedtime per the time on the clock without being super, super overtired. So when you arrive, you're probably probably going to be jumping in a car anyway to get from a airport to a hotel. Let your baby have a little nap, but wake them up from that. Keep them up for an age-appropriate wake window and then put them down for the night. Even though to their body, that's going to feel quite late because at home, they should have been in bed for a few hours already. It's going to help them get on the schedule of your destination a lot more quickly than if you try to do this in sort of pieces over days or weeks in advance, or if you wait until you arrive and then try to do this bit by bit over days or a week when you arrive, you're probably going to waste a lot of your vacation trying to gradually get your baby into the schedule only to find that you only finally do it by the time it's ready to, you're ready to go home or it's time to go home. So better to just jump in and try to coordinate your baby's sleep schedule so that it matches the time on the clock approximately that they would normally be going down at home. You're all going to have a better vacation for it. Is your baby going to be a little bit cranky at times about this? Probably. Are we as adults a little bit off and cranky for the first day or so when we jump into a big time zone change? We are. It's normal. It's human nature, but we are okay and they will be okay. And you'll probably all be a lot better for it if you just jump right in and then just jump right back when you get home. So that's my advice for the time zone change. I know it's a tricky one, but it's usually the best results is when we just jump in. So those are the top five questions from the week in terms of specifically those on the go naps, those travel naps, those vacation naps, dinners at grandma's, doctor's appointments, swim lessons. These are part of life. These are, you know, part of what we need to do on a day to day basis or what we want to do on a day to day basis. 
One of my biggest pet peeves about conversations around sleep coaching is the idea that once your baby is on a schedule and is a good sleeper, you're stuck at home and it's super rigid and you can never have a flexible schedule. I don't think that that could be further from the truth. Are there times when I've missed something because it conflicted with my child's sleep schedule? Yes, because I'm a mom and I know my baby, I know my child, and I know she does well with good sleep. But other times when we've just had to wing it and miss a nap or be late for a nap because we had a really important event to go to or a doctor's appointment that couldn't be missed. Of course, because that's part of life. But the great news about a good sleeper is they're generally going to bounce right back from an off day with a great night when they have really great sleep skills. So not to worry that one little car nap or a missed nap even or a slightly later bedtime than normal once in a while is going to be the end of the world. It is very unlikely going to be a huge disruption to your baby, especially if they're already a good sleeper. We bounce back from stuff like that. So do our babies. So don't be afraid to get out there and do those swim lessons. And certainly don't be missing your doctor's appointment because of concern over a missed nap. It's all going to be okay. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.